0: Hey guys, I'm really excited for you to listen to this week's message. Um, As a community, we have been dreaming. God has been giving us dreams. Uh, And one dream in particular that stood out uh, was we as a a church body were crying out to the Lord saying, Lord, you can come. Will you come? And heaven responded to Jesus saying, you can go. Uh, And my heart was just so stirred by this uh and and i begin to speak of uh, when the holy spirit comes into a community into our midst he begins to prepare us uh, for the lord's coming he begins to uh, equip us into and, and to posture our hearts and to uh to do things that only he can do in our midst and so uh, i pray that it's an encouragement to you i pray that it enables you and your community uh, to join us in this maranatha cry lord come Jesus, come for your people. We love your appearing. And so uh, I pray that you're blessed, you're strengthened, um, and that you're equipped to run well until Jesus returns. I love you guys so much.
1: Wow um, you can open your Bible Second Timothy chapter four. How many of you love the dream stream? Thank God for dreams. Father, thank you for your presence in this house, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us, God. God, thank you that your ear is bended towards this house. Father, we confess it's, it's a sobering and humbling thing to know that the living God is listening. Father, I ask for the spirit of the fear of the Lord would rest upon us, that we would be sober-minded uh, in these days, Lord, and, and God, that you would help us connect to what you're saying and what you're doing, God. We just confess, Lord, in our own strength, and our own mind, and our own ways, Lord, we, we wander, we get distracted, we get... God, consumed with just ourselves. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us, for moving upon our hearts and turning our affections to the Father and to the Son. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. If you just put your hand on your heart, Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge that you are God in this place. We just recognize that you are God. You are not some abstract force. You are not some random wind. You do not happen on accident. You are God in this place. And we surrender to you, and we we present our hearts to you this morning, God, fresh and new. The best we know how, God, we give you our hearts. All of the distractions, all the cares, all the worries, everything that our heart has, Lord, we bring it to you, Holy Spirit. And we present it to you and we just say, would you open the eyes of our heart to see our Father, to see Jesus, and to connect with what you're doing in this hour, God, that we would not be asleep, we would not be numb, God, we we would not miss the day of our visitation. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Um, well, I am, I am really um, sobered in a good way. You know, you can be sober and still smile, right? Um, it's good. I'm sober and I'm, and I'm expectant. We're in a really, I think, sacred season here with the building. Um, how many of you know it's not just about the building? It's about people. God cares about people. And that building represents hearts. It represents lives. It represents nations. It represents Um, something that God's doing that we're attempting to say yes to from the beginning uh, we've not had necessarily this master plan blueprint of you know this is what we're gonna do we've just said God we're gonna take the next step your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path and so when you show us the next step we're gonna take a step and this is that and so um, I want to I want to speak this morning about Maranatha we've got uh, 28 more nights of really pressing into the Lord and I feel in my heart just Um, I I want to encourage us to equip us to engage our hearts like there was many people that stood and said man I don't really know how to say yes in this season Um, if you're like me I grew up in the church and I if I was honest I didn't have a a true a true authentic connection to the return of the Lord it wasn't real to me it wasn't it was more abstract it wasn't like I didn't find my emotions being stirred anyone there like if you're just really honest like it's it can seem hard to connect emotionally with the Lord in that and um, and so what's amazing though is the scriptures speak a lot about the Lord's return and this this phrase Maranatha this dream that Aaron had um, is really significant to for us to say Lord you can come will you come Um, I I want us to realize what we're saying like let me give an earthly example my wife is amazing at hosting showers if you have if you need a shower throne for you you need a consultant she's tops like when we have a shower as you know what a shower is baby shower wedding shower what you're doing is you're saying hey bride hey mother soon-to-be mother you can come to our house and, and that invitation on the outside, like if you're the one being invited, like there's some preparation, but those, the house that's saying come requires a lot of preparation. Like it's not like you can come and then my wife looks at me and she's like, are you ready? I have a honeydew list and it's longer than Santa's, you know, list. It's like, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. We are now preparing for this, for this moment. Are you with me? so when we say can you come will you come what we're saying is okay now it's time to get ready he's coming because let me let me just say something very uh, plain um the day of the lord is awesome it's god has fixed a day the scripture says he's fixed a day to judge the world in righteousness the living and the dead through a man and his name is jesus And this day is awesome. It's the great and terrible day of the Lord. And there's a lot at stake for us on this day. There's that song. I love that song. It says, um, all is for your glory. And on that day, earthly goals will be exposed as idols that we've made. And all of the motives of our heart and everything that we built, all of the finances and resources and our families, everything is going to be laid bare on that day in the light. And I believe the scriptures and the early church fathers, they, they, they labored so that the people that they were leading would be ready for that day. And I believe that this house and what God's doing through this local church, God's preparing the church to be ready for that day. So I want to read some scriptures that speak to this and that I believe will equip our hearts to say yes. Michael was saying, I want you to say yes, but I believe you need God to say yes. How many of you know you can't say yes to God without God? Oh, it should liberate you. If you don't find a giant yes in your heart, you just open. You say, God, I need you to say yes to you. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, this father in the faith, Paul, he's he's run his race he's he's poured his life out for the gospel and listen to what he says he says I'm already being poured out as a drink offering verse 6 And the time of my departure has come I have fought the good fight I have finished the race and I've kept the faith watch this verse 8 henceforth because I fought the good fight because I finished the race because I kept the faith because I didn't waver Because I spent my life on behalf of this man, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And you're like, wow, that's great, Paul. Good for you. And then he he gives us a little clause. Thank God for clauses that rope us in. Amen. Wow. Because otherwise it's just for the super spiritual apostles. But he gives us a clause in 2021. He says, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This dream is a prophetic invitation from the Lord. That we would be a people who would love his appearing like genuinely love his appearing, that day, that moment, and that time. And if you're like me, a few years ago, I was, I was reading this and I was really honest with God and I said, God, I don't know that I, that I am loving your appearing. I don't know that I've had a conscious thought since I've been saved of like an excitement and a zeal for your return. You got to be real with God. I said, I don't know that I'm actually living with this awareness of your return, like like a real love, like a real, like, like what does that mean to love is appearing? It means that everything you say and do is in light of that day. Like, like it gets hard in your marriage, it gets hard at your job. You want to you wanna punch back, you want to hold a fence, you want to not release forgiveness, you want to you wanna go after lust and pornography and the things of this world and alcohol, you get pulled. But there's something about the love of his appearing just to be with him that says no to those things. And, and the reason I think we're being so pulled by the world and culture is we have not cultivated a love for that moment and for that day. Are you with me? And so there's some things i think the scriptures speak of that we can do that we can say yes to that will actually cultivate a love for his appearing jump up to the first uh, verse of second timothy 4. you know sometimes you read the word and then sometimes the word literally reads you in it in it like the picture i had this morning i was like what's the analogy that i want to say if you've ever seen the matrix y'all seen the matrix so people think I look like Keanu Reeves. I've gotten that before. So we were like, "Nah." Whoa, whoa. So, so at the end of the movie, Keanu Reeves, he he like realizes he's the one. He's like the the guy that's gonna save everyone. And there's these demonic agents, and like he runs and he jumps into this guy and like explodes out of him. Y'all know the scene? It's wild. Like, he jumps into this guy, and the guy's like, and he starts vibrating. And Keanu's too big for the guy and blows him up. Like, like I think sometimes when we're reading the word, the word of God, like, like that, like Keanu, it just jumps into you. All of your selfishness, all of your self-ness, the word just comes, and it just, just vibrates you and possesses you, and all of a sudden, you're like, man, I'm possessed with this thing. And this is one of those words. And I want to read it to you. And I feel, I don't know, I feel like a like a zeal because I want you to hear this. I want you to to feel the weight of this scripture. Sometimes, Timothy, you're like, oh, we're going to be in Timothy today. Like, what about the fire of God? Just, (laughs) Just wait. Look at this. This is Paul talking to his spiritual son. And he says, son, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. So he's. He's issuing a charge. He's saying, hey, I'm going to give you something to do. I'm I'm commanding you. I'm charging you. I'm not saying, hey, I have this nice opinion. I have this thought. Maybe you should kind of go do a mission trip. He's saying, I charge you. And the authority and the weight in which I'm charging you is I'm charging you from the presence of God by the Lord Jesus Christ and by his appearing in his kingdom, the one who is to judge the living and the dead. What's he saying? He's saying this charge is coming with the weight on the wake of all of that revelation like you got to you got to feel the weight of this he's like this is not something I'm just suggesting it is a weighty charge I am telling you in light of this man what is he charging him to do he says preach the word he says preach the word I want you to proclaim this man Jesus I want you to proclaim Jesus Now listen, why am I sharing this in light of his coming? Because I believe in this hour, God is anointing people to preach the living word. Like to proclaim the gospel, not just in word, but in deed and with your life. Like one of the ways we say yes to his coming, one of the ways we we give ourselves over to this invitation of God, come, will you come, then we have to be people who preach the word that the preaching of the word is not something we do because we're tired of worship. Come on. It's not something we do. It is a necessary charge in light of the return of the Lord. He's saying, I need messengers who will proclaim and prepare people's hearts for his coming. And I feel like there's like the upper room is a is like a breeding ground. For those who will proclaim that Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to proclaim, to preach good news to the poor. And so I want to charge you up a room. In your homes, to your kids, preach the word. To yourself, preach the word. Yaku, preach the word far and wide. Brian, preach the word to Gen Z. Like these guys, there's... Preaching the word of God like you can preach the word. This is not talking about a microphone. It's talking about your life. It's talking about how you live. He's talking about, I want your life to proclaim that there is a God in heaven and you're living with this reality. We we, we are, we are, the church is saying a lot of things right now. The church is trying to be an expert in a lot of things right now. And I want to just simplify it. You don't need to be an expert on anything but the man Jesus. Who he is, what he's done, it's enough. Can I tell you, it's enough. Like the gospel is enough for everything we're facing in our culture. I promise you, it's so simple. They want to make it complicated. It's simple. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. We have the love of God. We have the Holy Spirit. Go to act 17 31 so i'm going to continue to preach the word to you act 17 31 i'm going to give us a few things i believe um, you know it's on my heart to share with you uh, in in sometimes these environments if you've been in these encounter nights these maranatha nights um, i want to invite you to come like just come as often as you can. Um, God is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving. And when we say that, um, sometimes it can feel a little bit, or if you've been in the nights, it can feel a little bit like Russian roulette. Like, is tonight going to be my night? Like, am I going to be the one that gets zapped? Like, you know what I mean? And, and listen, I think everyone needs to have a, a zapped, like multiple zaps. You just haven't lived. You know, we call it all kinds of words, you know, whacked, zapped, blasted, you know, slammed. We have all sorts of lingo for it. Really, all we're saying is that God so overcomes your physical mortal self that you're like, I don't want to live anymore, but then you really do. Like, your flesh is like, stop it, it hurts, but your spirit's like, it hurts so good. And, and, and listen, like, those encounters, those ones that are really from God not like hype not anything like what happens is there's a transformation that takes place in that moment you guys know that right like there's transformation there's freedom there's deliverance there's salvation there's deep inner heart work. but sometimes I think when we say the spirits moving I don't want us to as a, as a body as a house I don't want us to think that that's the only way that the spirit is moving because he will move that way he will like hit you like a freight train but for others he's doing other things and so I believe there's like a like a few things scripturally if these are Maranathonites, if God is preparing us and we're saying yes we want to prepare our house, this house, but also our house, my my marriage and my life and my own heart. God, prepare my house for your return. And scripturally, I believe there's some some like real clear exhortations like here's how you prepare for the living God to come with a trumpet in, in, in robe dipped in blood and sword coming out of his mouth. This is a gnarly day, but scripturally, we can actually prepare for that day. And so look at this, Acts 17, starting in verse 29. Paul is preaching to a bunch of pagans, and he says this. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that being, that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. These guys were worshiping idols. An image formed by the art and imagination of man. Verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked. These were times prior to the gospel. When he says times of ignorance, it's his way of saying before faith came. Before there was a revelation of who Christ is and what he's done, those were times of ignorance. And so people were, he says, God's overlooking those times because now we have the gospel. And he says this. He says, but now he commands all people everywhere to do what? To repent. Why? Why would we need to repent? Because he's fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. I believe in this next 28 days, God's going to call many of us to repent. To change our minds, to to turn our hearts away from, from sin. Come on. This is good news. See, sin is selfishness. Sin is like you focus. But when you repent from sin in light of Jesus, you get free from yourself. Do you know how awesome it is to not be bound to living for yourself? Oh, man, there's no greater freedom. Like when sin gets broken off of you, you're not thinking about you. Well, what about my calling? And what about me? And what about what people don't see me? No, 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 no. See, you can spiritualize sin. Uh Uh-oh. See, God wants us to free people, because when you're free, you can love one another. Oh, when you're free, you can love. You can see the beauty in the person to your left and to your right and not be in comparison. Someone, Beth, you were praying, break off comparison. I felt that. Like, you start comparing, like, well, they're getting tased, and I'm sitting here, and I don't feel anything. I wonder if Jesus is still your Lord. I wonder, I wonder if you still have covenant with the living God and you have access through a new and living way. I wonder if he sees you. I wonder if, if his blood was shed for you. I wonder if he's filled you with the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you simply just abide and you just enjoy fellowship with him and you can celebrate and partner with the deep heart surgery and tasing that's happening with these people. I believe there's a call in the moving of the spirit. You say, Peter, what's this next 28 days going to look like? I believe God is going to call many of us to repent, to turn, to turn. And and, and I think sometimes it will come with weeping and wailing, and sometimes it'll just look like this. Whoa, I didn't see that before. (laughs) And you're going to go, yeah, and you go, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want that mess in my life. I just want you. That's repentance. God, I don't want that anymore. I want you. That's true biblical repentance, and it very well may come with tears and mourning, but make no mistake about it, it comes with joy. It comes with life. It comes with transformation. It comes with a strengthening of your soul. It comes with peace. It comes with the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, come on. All right, go to 1 John 2.28. I'm going to preach this word, get you out of here on time. In Jesus' name. First John chapter 2, 28, and now little children abide in him. Why John? So that when he appears, we may have confidence. Say confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. This is amazing. Like I love. I still think we need more people in these days just drunk and intoxicated on the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'll say that till I die I believe it with all my heart like you're the best when you're just filled with God undone in him and there's also I say and and there's also a reality of abiding that is somehow not as noticeable as the ecstatic power encounter like abiding seems so mundane like abiding Let me let me break down abiding abiding means you just stay where God put you and in that place he puts you, there is a flow of God to you and through you. Like abiding, like when you look at a, at a branch abiding in the vine, if you look at it, it's not very exciting. There's no explosion, there's no light, but underneath the surface, there's this continual flow of life. Like, it's continual. Like, it's not like we turn the flow off and on. I think sometimes in our minds, we think God turns off and on. That the new covenant's like, okay, like, like we can, like, I know there's moments of power and it's like, oh, it can seem like that power turned on. And then you go home and you're doing dishes and the power turned off. But the beauty of the new covenant is that the power flows all the time. No, come on. Like, it, it means that when you're like, no matter where you're at 24 by seven, abiding means you stay in covenant and there is a supernatural flow of God to you and through you to walk out his nature, his character and his likeness all the days of your life. So that whether you're on stage, in a pulpit, in the marketplace, sleeping, rising, eating breakfast, drinking coffee, there's a flow of God. Why would God give you that flow so you could manifest him to your wife, to your husband, to your kids, to the guy at the grocery store? Like, God wants people to see him, and the key, the secret, is abiding. But I want you to see this. What's at stake if we don't learn to abide? Is he can come back, and you can shrink from him in shame. Like, those who don't learn to abide... God will God will seem so like whoa I've never like I this is weird to me biblically you and I were intended to be confident on that day say confident this is troubling to to some of us I don't know what kind of person could see the sky rip open (laughs) and a cry of command and a trumpet and the Son of God coming with a robe dipped in blood and a double-edged sword comes out of his mouth and he's like the brilliant one, you know? And like, you're like, oh yeah. (laughs) Like, I told you. Or like Elf, you know, like I say this before, like, you know Elf? And like he, the guy's like, hey, Santa's coming. They're like, hey guys, we're to get ready. Santa's coming. And Elf was like, Santa! I know him! I know him! Like, that's the cry of a confident, like confident, born again, abiding son or daughter of God as the sky splits and they're like, yes! I know him! Oh! been waiting for you. Oh, I've been waiting. Oh, I cannot wait for that new body because then I can finally hold you and not just pass out. <laughs> Woo. I'm convinced. I'm convinced the number one reason he gives us a new body. I'm convinced the number one reason he gives us a new body is so you can hold him and not just pass out. Every man and woman that saw him in his glorious state, they fell as though dead. Why? Because their mortal body could not stand in the presence of God. And so God's like, I got to fix that. You know why? Because I love PDA. I love physical touch. Like God's waiting to hug you. Like he's waiting to bring you in, not just in spirit, but in flesh. Do you realize that that the spiritual hug is really his way of saying, I can't wait to actually hold you. I can't wait to actually like bring your head and put it on my chest and for you to take your hands and to hold my beautiful face that you've been singing about all those years. This is what we're laboring for. This is why we're getting ready. So I believe God's gonna call us to repent. But you know what I also believe he's gonna do in these these is he's gonna put a deposit of the Spirit, He's gonna renew your mind so that we actually learn to abide. Could, do you hear me? Like I think these Maranathonites are unto and abiding in Christ all the days. Like like the encounter night is unto all the time. Are you with me? Like, it will serve that, it will serve that awareness and that abiding in the presence of God. You're like, wow, I can actually live in this. Yes. All right, two more. Oh, yeah, two more. Two more minutes, two more. I'll do it quick, I promise. I mean, help me, Lord. First John 3, first John 3, just go down a few verses just keep reading I wish I could preach all of this to you look at verse 2 look at verse 2 beloved we're God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears you see how much teachings about his coming you see how much exhortation and understanding is connected to his return when he appears we shall be like him why because we shall see him as he is Verse three, this is the kicker, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he's pure. I believe Jesus is inviting us into purity. And I believe, I believe the way, this is, this is radical. This is so radical. If you look at this and take time, I don't have enough time to fully tease this out. He says, everyone who hopes in him, in his return, in his appearing, everyone who cultivates a joyful anticipation and expectation of that day, he says there's a, there's a grace that comes and will actually purify your life just as God is pure. Like some of you, you're looking, you're saying, I need more purity in my life. And so you, you go through all of these measures to produce purity. You can't produce purity. Purity is a grace that comes to you through the man Jesus Christ as you look forward and you begin to cultivate a hope in his return. Let me show you how it works. If I were to tell you with, with certainty, today is Sunday, if I were to say, hey guys, next Thursday Jesus is coming back, and you knew it, how focused and pure would your now to Thursday be? Why? Because you, you actually, in your mind, in your heart, you fixed a day, and so you go, wow, I'm going to work backwards from that day. I've got about four days, five days, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order my life to that day. Why? That's purity. There's a strength that would come to you. Like, like let me... Let me show you how this would work. Like, say you're in a fight with your spouse and say a business partner betrayed you, your kid is wayward or this you're, you're holding unforgiveness, but you realize he's coming Thursday. There would be a strength to go through those things. Why? In light of his return. You'd go, man, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna stop messing around. I'm gonna stop, I, I, I gotta get right, I gotta get pure, I gotta repent, I gotta get all my ducks in a row by the grace of God, why? Because he's coming. That's the gift of cultivating in your own heart and as a community, that's the gift of, of hoping in his return. It's a gift. It's the grace of God. And you say, how do you know it's the grace? Look at this. Two more verses and then we're done. Maybe one more. Yeah, one more. First Peter one. First Peter one verse 13. Here it goes again. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace, say the grace, grace, that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is a future grace that you don't have right now. Like, you know how you were born again by grace through faith? Like, you put your faith in the the death, burial, and resurrection, and grace came to you and did the Neo thing, and you blew up and you got born again, right? But scripturally, biblically, there is a future grace... That will come that when Christ comes and he does the whole thing he's not just coming terrifying he's actually coming with grace and he's going to give you and I grace and Peter says listen I know you're putting your hope in a lot of things government your finances your calling he goes no I need you to set your hope fully on one thing and that's the grace that will be brought to you on that day And I need you to be sober minded. I need you to actually be aware of your thoughts and how you think in this hour. Why? Because if you're not sober, you're going to be distracted and set your hope on other things. And so I believe that on top of repentance, God teaching us to abide, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to come in these 28 days and he's going to make us sober. And he's going to actually author a fresh hope in our hearts For that grace like he's gonna give us a mind to understand what's what's happening in these days and I believe in that he's gonna make it really really simple guys when your mind is sober when your mind is clear you're not distracted you're not confused you're not you're not engaging in fights that don't belong to you I pray that's helpful to you. Will you guys come help me on the the band? I want to minister just for a few minutes. I wrote, repent, abide, hope, preach the word. Repent, abide. Hope, preach the word, and I believe these next these, this next season, God's going to begin to author that as the spirit's moving. Why am I saying that? I believe when you come, I'll I'll say this actually confidently. When you come, it gives you something in faith to hold on to. That if you're not getting whacked by the power of God, it, it, you don't come with like this. This like, oh, this is the only target that like scripturally, biblically, if the Spirit's coming and preparing us for his return, I think we can all collectively say in faith that there's, there's this number of things. Maybe, maybe that one night he's calling you to repent. Maybe one night he's coming, the Spirit's moving upon you and he's teaching you to abide. Maybe one night he's coming upon you and he's actually cultivating like a, a, a realness and a hope in his return. Are you guys with me? Can you stand to your feet? I know that was a lot in a little time I trust the spirit to just put it in your heart and feed you and would you just put your uh, just open your hands or however you want to receive from the Lord Um, I want to just minister just for for just a few minutes if you need to go get your kids please go get them you can come back in we're gonna stay here for about five minutes None of this is is done without God, without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force. He is the person of God in our midst. He's, He's the one given to us.